1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until noon, or I'm sorry, we're with you up until one o'clock today, but only Mondays and Wednesdays this week, making room for the Thanksgiving holiday. We'll be off Thursday and Friday, but our $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits and the Friday spread that we typically do. We'll do that on Wednesday this week. We'll also have Brian Lewis of Pro Football Network set to join us around 12.15 on Wednesday for a special edition of that ahead of the holiday weekend. And you guessed had a, it. Had a winner on Friday. We did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you guessed it. The $100 gift certificate is still available to you on Wednesday. And as Bob mentioned, back in the winner's column, Bill's Minus seven, and that was a complete rout of the New York Jets. So we're sitting at eight and four on the season. Yeah, it's, uh, Jets are so impressed that Zach Wilson is no longer the starting quarterback, and Tim Boyle will start this Friday against Miami. Yes, the Amazon Prime contest on Black Friday. We'll see how successful that goes. Uh, but we'll take your phone calls today in this program around 11:30 and 12:15. 602-260-1060 is the number. Uh, but let's set the scene here with today's poll questions, and we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Bob had a great conversation, as always, I might add, with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com, uh, talking all things Kansas City Chiefs. It's a Super Bowl rematch: the Chiefs and the Eagles tonight. So who do you have? ATS Chiefs minus two and a half or Eagles plus two and a half and the Eagles side of things remain out in front 55% of the vote Chiefs trailing at 45% yeah a lot of movement on this game in the last few hours here uh, a couple of at least Nevada casinos went to three I'm guessing that they just wanted to get some kind of action on uh, the Eagles side of this because it seemed like they were getting pounded uh, with the Chiefs' money uh, for early from the start of last week when the game opened two, two and a half, no matter where you're at. And now they've gone by seemingly at least the casinos I have access to the numbers, which are seven or eight casinos in Nevada. Uh, they're all sitting at two and a half, and almost all of them have some substantial juice. If you want to take the Chiefs uh, up to minus 120 in a couple of locations. Uh, so I assume that the this is going to be the highest handled game of the season to date. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I wouldn't be shocked even by the end of the year if this is the highest handled uh, game in, uh, as far as bookmakers in, uh, in the world. Uh, this is a big-time contest. And it might be a game later in the year, but uh, right now I don't think there's any doubt that this is going to be number one as far as a wagering volume at this point. Well, certainly uh, on the other side of that, 
that uh, in a in an NFL season where we've been starved for good contests, uh, at least on paper here leading into this, not only do you have uh, the two best teams maybe uh, in the NFC and AFC respectively here, uh, they're going up against each other. It's a Super Bowl rematch as well. So it's uh, and it's in a standalone contest too. So uh, plenty mm-hmm. of intrigue heading into tonight's game. And both coming off of a bye. And uh, but there have been different situations coming off of the bye. You know, Goddard is obviously going to miss several weeks after he suffered the uh, the leg injury in the the Eagles' last game. Uh, and also Barnett, one of their best pass rushers, uh, he was you know it was announced yesterday that he's left the team for personal reasons, so he won't be playing tonight either. When we talked with Matt in the last hour. Uh, pretty much the uh, for the certainly for this point of the season, the Chiefs seem to be a very healthy group. Uh, yes, and the big question for them is how do they get their offense rolling uh, if it's not a Mahomes to Kelsey connection? Get a wide receiver to catch a pass. Uh, they've dropped almost as many passes as a unit this year than they did all last year, and they lead the NFL and drop passes so far this year as a wide receiving group. Uh, over on Twitter, at KDUS AM 1060, pertaining to the Arizona Cardinals, which is something we'll dive into here momentarily, but should Kyler Murray receive the majority of the blame for the Cardinals' 21-16 loss at Houston? No continues to lead the way at 71% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 29%. This is a question that we'll answer around 1230 today. Let's just get right into it with the Cardinals contest in Houston. It was a big opportunity for the Cardinals to pull off a win, but they fell to the Texans 21 to 16 on a day that the Cardinals defense pitched a shutout in the second half. CJ Stroud threw three interceptions on the day, which is more than he's thrown all season long up until that point. Uh, The game, though, for the Cardinals, they opened up with a 48 yard pretty pass to Rondell Moore and a pretty sweet catch too to run it in for a score and the cards went up early seven nothing in a blink of an eye and they scored one touchdown the rest of the game uh and i thought that murray had an awful fourth quarter uh inaccuracy decision making there was confusion with him in the sideline they had to blow a timeout and it seemed like that they they got down to the play clock zero frequently there you know i understand there's gonna be some of that uh, first road game for Murray, et cetera, in a new system that seemed like that that was a big problem. Yeah, so, you know, for me, there was a couple of different things that certainly stood out. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray's a little bit of an inaccuracy as well as some underthrown footballs at times and and maybe one that stood out here. I also just didn't like the play call either. I understood that you had success to open the game up with Rondell Moore on a big bomb, but uh, early in the second when you were down 14-10, a deep ball there to Marquise Brown, Stingley picked it off as it was underthrown. In all, because of what transpired, it was 21-10 at half. Then in the third quarter, following the Texans' missed field goal, the Cards went uh, 12 plays, 62 yards, 623 off the clock, decided to go for two after scoring the touchdown here, and they didn't connect. So instead of it being 21-17, it was 21-16. I understand the math there, but I just thought it was a little bit too early in the game to be chasing some points. 
I'll go back to the underthrown Brown uh, ball to Brown that was intercepted. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure. I didn't have a problem with the play call, but it was underthrown, and it seemed like that ball was late. Uh, so it's just uh, Murray to me. This is you know the Kyler Murray during the Cliff Kingsbury era that I saw way too much uh, indecision, inaccuracy, especially in balls over the middle. I was a little surprised. You know the ball that you just mentioned, uh, the deep throw that was uh, intercepted. Usually that's his strength, is uh, throwing the ball down the field. But and we saw a whole bunch of deflected passes. I counted at least three. It's hard to tell sometimes on TV. Uh, especially it used to be more difficult to tell when they were running a faster paced offense and there wasn't time for replays, but I counted at least three uh, deflections at the line of scrimmage and also, uh, you know, the passes over the middle, which have been an issue for him in his career. I think that's partly because he's not a tall quarterback. Those also were a problem yesterday. I saw, Way too much of what I saw the first three years of Kyler Murray's career with Kingsbury uh, yesterday. Then, obviously, we saw the first game of the season. Uh, the Cardinals' defense then, they got Houston off the field in a three and out, and the Cardinals went down the field. It was fourth and three at the Houston 23. The Cards decided to go for it. Uh, the pass was completed to Greg Dorch, but uh, he had to come back for the ball and ended up, they spotted his forward momentum short of the sticks. That was another one that uh, I thought take the points in that situation. So it remained 21-16 instead of it potentially being 21-19. If you connect there uh, with just under a full quarter left to play, there was 12:54 left on the clock. Also, I thought that was a horrendous route by Dorch. You know, he's not used to playing, quite frankly. Uh, so maybe that was part of it. That, you know, they had two wide receivers that did not play yesterday because of injury. And he normally would not have been out there, but you've got to get way past the stick. So when you do come back from the ball, it's still a first down. That is elementary wide receiver you know, skills and so forth. That was just a horrible route. I'm on Murray's case. I'm on Murray's side here. That was just a terrible route by a wide receiver who was a kick returner who should not be a wide receiver in a meaningful NFL game. Uh, later in the fourth, uh, off of an interception by C.J. Stroud, the Cardinals had fourth and four, and this one over the middle to McBride came out really funky out of Murray's hand. It almost kind of looked like a shot put as opposed to an actual pass, uh, so it kind of skipped to McBride. He tried to make an incredible effort but uh, was unable to do so on that fourth down attempt, and then their last fourth down effort came with 35 seconds to go, and uh, Murray was unable to to connect with Hollywood, but on that last drive, I had some issues here uh, because you had the ball with 4.58 to go. You took a delay a game. In addition to that, um, I, you know, I get the notion that you've seen what C.J. Stroud has been able to do when you leave him time left on the clock. So you're hoping to kind of basically bleed out the clock and score the last the last winning touchdown for yourselves. But the clock was just tick, 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 tick. And it seemed like you forgot the most important part, which was to score. Agreed. Totally agree. Um, but with you 100 percent on that. You know, the communication with the sideline thing, uh, you know, as I mentioned previously and uh, during the sports zone, at least that uh, first road game, 
new offense. Uh, got some of that's to be expected, but they should have cleaned that up by the fourth quarter. And uh, the fact that uh, I can't imagine that they really want the play clock to run down that frequently uh, and get close to zero before they snap it. I know they're gone from the you know no huddle and let's you know go as fast as humanly possible. Uh, from uh, the majority of Murray's career, whether it be at Oklahoma or with the Cardinals. But that should not seemingly have been a problem the entire game yesterday. Yeah, and, and, you know, I guess I'd chalk some of that up to what they call, they being the coaching staff, calling the operations of things, and they really seem to stress it often. Yeah. And, and so I get it. There's tons of crowd noise. Those Texans fans were super into the game there, especially in the fourth quarter. It's a road game, so there's a whole other host of elements that you're not really uh, 100% able to simulate in practice. But uh, with that in mind, it does seem like it is a huge area of emphasis every single day in practice. This is professional football. They didn't like it. Didn't uh, resemble a professional offense in uh, operation for a large chunk of the game yesterday. Uh, so, with that in mind, we'll have some statistics here and some of the comments that uh, head coach Jonathan Gannon, as well as Kyler Murray, made post game. So we'll do that part on the other side of the break. If you'd like to chime in today in the show, feel free to do so around 1130 and 1215. The number is 602-260-1060. Whether it's a reaction to the Cardinals loss to the Texans, uh, ASU football, U of A football will also dive heavy into the NFL and the college football slate. So any of those things on your mind, 602-260-1060 around 1130 and 12. 15 today as it is we'll get into more from this cardinals game against the texans some reaction from jonathan gannon head coach and quarterback kyler murray on the other side of the break it is the extra point here on kdus am 1060 Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. Eleven twenty-one, right here on this Monday, November 20th edition of Extra Point. Bob Kim, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 p.m. today. This week, it's just Monday and Wednesday, making room for the Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday and Friday. And we'll move our Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits to Wednesday. Brian Lewis will join us from Pro Football Network as well for NFL prop discussion. Continuing on, though, with uh, the Arizona Cardinals and their loss to the Texans yesterday. So Kyler Murray, his stat line for the game was 20 of 30, 214 yards, one touchdown, one interception, three sacks. Uh, When it came to running on the ground, seven carries, 51 yards, and one touchdown. Some comments here from head coach Jonathan Gannon postgame. He said... I thought that they kind of had some explosives there in the first half. Spotted them. I think the score was 21-10 there at half. And then got back into the game. Was too much to overcome, but gave ourselves a chance to win. Didn't get it done. Give credit to the Texans. They made a lot of really good plays. It's a good football team, and we'll get back to work tomorrow. 
In addition to that, he was asked, was there a belief that with Kyler you can come back from deficits in these kinds of games? And he said the belief has been there that we can come back and win the game. We're going to keep fighting. And he obviously made some big-time plays to get us back in that game. But the team never wavered. If we can keep swinging, we're going to keep swinging. Yeah, let's go back to the uh, first half. Uh, the, The Cardinals' defense was horrible. Uh, They allowed 259 yards passing in the first half of that game, a large majority of those because it seemed like the Texans were yet another opponent that targeted Marco Wilson, who's supposedly the Cardinals' best corner. And a large chunk of the 259 was basically at Wilson, who got turned around numerous times uh, by the various uh, – the Texans have some good wide receivers. Not all of them played yesterday, by the way, because uh, they, they were far from healthy in that with that unit. But the ones that were out there you know, basically did whatever they wanted to do, especially against Marco Wilson, the supposedly best corner for the Cardinals. Uh, those Tank Dell props were pretty nice. Those hit easily in the first in the first half. Yeah. But specific to the defense, Jonathan Gannon was asked about that, and he said, uh, yeah, Nick called it a bit different and executed a little bit better. And again, the three takeaways, that's why we got back into the game. I know JT had one, Barnes had one, Ham had one, so that's taking points off the board for them. Spotting them 21 points in the first half, I didn't think the execution, calling it all of us together, we got to do better and not give up 21 and a half well you know, clearly they played more zone defense in the second half too i'm not really sure why it took so long to adjust also uh, i'm guessing that the uh the uh, tank dell props the numbers went up once it was declared before the game 90 minutes before that noah brown wasn't going to play for the texans um, then head coach Jonathan Gannon was asked about Kyler, and he says here, reps with his teammates, you know, in a new system, it's going to continue to pr- improve. Like I said, he made some big-time plays today, and just like everybody, I'm sure he wants a couple of back. I thought he played well. I think he played nothing close to well. I thought he was as average or below average as you could be, especially when the game was on the line. And I saw a whole lot of what I saw for the you know during the Cliff Kingsbury era: some splash plays, better plays with his legs and with his arm, and in the passing game. And that's why you know yesterday is an example of you know what I watched in the uh, you know you know during the Kingsbury era, whether that's Murray's fault or not. It's you know he's an offense that he's familiar with between Oklahoma and Texas and. Uh, Texas A&M for that matter, and with the Cardinals, I thought he was below average, and I think that he was a major reason that the Cardinals did not win that game yesterday, which was handed to them by the uh, by the Texans with the turnovers, and the Cardinals' defense certainly made some plays. But, you know, Stroud, who had not thrown three interceptions in, in any game in his career at Ohio State, or obviously this year with the Texans, uh, gave them an opportunity to win. The Cardinals just dropped the ball, and I think the quarterback is the one that dropped the ball the most. One of the things that I really wanted to hear uh, head coach Jonathan Gannon address in postgame yesterday uh, was the different opportunities to go for it on fourth down in different you know scenarios that were, were played out there. Uh, but he was very brief with his answers. He said, uh, yeah, we were trying to win the game. The team was one for four on fourth down, and if you take it a step further, too, they were just three of ten on third down. In addition to that, he was asked, what did you see on the fourth downs? And he 
he said, you know, the spot, it was a little bit short and McBride was kind of bang, bang. So be it. You know, when you make those calls, you got to be able to live with them. Shocking that Gannon would be brief in answers. Uh, takeaways here from quarterback Kyler Murray. Uh, he said here, just feel like offensively myself, feel like had enough chances to win the game, let the team down. That's how I feel. Uh, and then following that up, how do you balance that feeling with some of the good that took place? And he said, wasn't good enough. We made some plays, but just felt like the defense, they did what they needed to do, and we didn't hold up our end of the bargain on our side. So that's frustrating. Feel like had too many opportunities not to win that game. Heck, he's 100% accurate in his statements there. And going back to what I say, uh, as far as an individual, I think that Murray had as much to do with them losing this game as anybody. Finally here, he was asked about the fourth downs. He said, fourth down to Trey, that's on me. Bad feet, just missed the throw. The one to Dort, we were short of the sticks just by a hair, I think. Just got to be better all around. Just got to be better. So I think in general. Well, let, me stop you on, let me stop you on that. He said good all around. I think he's 100% correct there. That was a horrendous once again. I'm going to stress this until the cows come home, and maybe they're home now. But uh, that was a horrendous route by a professional football player that gave them no chance to succeed and get that first down. Uh, some of the injury updates that Gannon did start with, Lucky Fotu, uh, he said he had a hand injury. Kaiser White had an arm or a bicep. Um, certainly if it's a bicep, that could be very interesting yeah. depending upon what it is for Kaiser White, and he's been very good uh, in the middle linebacker linebacker position for the Cardinals. And then he said that Hamilton, when he uh, intercepted that ball, had a groin injury. Yeah, that was a that was a tremendous play he made, by the way, on that you know, on that ball for sure. Uh, as far as White, I think it's inarguable at this point that he has been the Cardinals' best player this season from start to finish because hey, he's been out there like all the time. In fact, I know that there was one website, and I wish like, this drives me crazy. These websites that have these play counts, they don't have the same numbers. I mean, you should have the same numbers. Of you know, whether you're actually on the field or not, but anyway, there was a you know, I know a couple of weeks ago there was a website that said he was on the field for a hundred percent of the plays this year, and I know for positive for sure that's not accurate because he's left the field for a couple of plays here and there, including he got the wind knocked out of him one game and missed a couple of plays. Uh, th those are the kind of things that drives me nuts. But he's been really really good this season, and if he's going to miss any time. Uh, this defense, which has been you know, not good, quite frankly, almost every game not good, they're going to be worse. I agree with you. The, the snap count should be the same because, like, that's it's not, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't understand that. That's not an opinion. That's not a, well, you know, I think that that was, yeah. you know, his fault in coverage versus, uh, you know, something else, you know, how uh, I believe it's Patrick Peterson has talked a lot about it on his podcast there with like the pro football focus grades. Like, how do you know right. who's in coverage? So, why are you putting that on me, et cetera, et cetera? Snap counts is, are you out there or are you not? Well, that's one of the uh, that's one of the websites that has the the the, uh, the snap counts, and uh, that's inaccurate. Uh, another one I've seen before and used to use uh, was uh, from Football Insiders, which is a fantasy website, and uh, they have a lot of differences. In all, though, uh, in this 21-16 to 16 loss for the Arizona Cardinals, did it just kind of feel? 
a bit disappointing because the opportunities certainly were there. The defense figured things out there in the second half, holding the Texans scoreless, that uh, it, it just it kind of seemed like an opportunity that uh, slipped away. was more of an opportunity. They bagged the game away. They choked the game away between the quarterback and the, the play calling that you mentioned. Uh, not necessarily the play calling, but this actual operation. I thought that was the worst coach game the Cardinals have had this season because they had an opportunity to win it, and part of the reasons they did not win it was because of coaching. And they've had very few opportunities to actually win games this season. They blew a chance for that yesterday. 602-260-1060, that's the number if you'd like to chime in. On the other side of the break, we'll start our reactions from Week 11 in the NFL Injuries, of course, to update as well, which is always the unfortunate nature of uh, coming back on a Monday. We'll get into all of that. Plus, we'll start hour number two with some college football. 602-260-1060, though, is the number if you'd like to chime in. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app right now, Register. Well, first of all, download the KDOS 1060 app, then register. You are immediately then eligible for some awesome hardwood tickets. Uh, That contest is currently ongoing, so be sure you get the KDOS 1060 app for those tickets. More of The Extra Point is up next. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. KDOS AM 1060. It is Monday. It is November 20th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 p.m. today as we're doing this week, Monday and Wednesday. Let's get into week 11 in the NFL and we'll go back to Sunday with the Steelers at the Browns. It was a 13 to 10 win with the score tied 10-10, 142 left to play in this game. Pittsburgh has the ball on Pittsburgh's 30-yard line. The Steelers ended up gaining no yards. It was three plays, 24 seconds off the clock, and they punted it back to Cleveland. DTR was able to move the Browns into field goal range, and Dustin Dustin Hopkins kicked the 34-yard game winner. When it comes to some statistics here, Kenny Pickett was 15 of 28 for 106 yards, three sacks, Jalen Warren, nine carries, 129 yards. He did bust a long one, 74-yard touchdown. And Najee Harris, 12 carries for 35 yards. The Steelers now 6-4 and four, and the Browns 7-3. and three. Yeah, let's start with Kenny Pickett. Maybe we should – no, let's start with the Browns. And I'll get to the Steelers in a moment. Uh, four straight win for them. They're 7-3 you know, and three in the season. DTR – uh, certainly better, much better when he had time to prepare. And they also, you know, they had time to prepare because, you know, remember the last time he played that, that you know, game against the, the Ravens, they didn't know till like, you know, 30 minutes before the game. It was even, you know, 90 minutes before the game. Teams have to do the uh, inactive-active thing. Well, Watson was actually injured after that. So it was like 30 minutes before the game. Now that they had the full time to prepare, clearly the game plan involved DTR using his legs uh, more than he did in that particular game. So that was a good thing. 
Also, he was really good in the last drive. He went four for four for 39 yards on that final drive. If you have already mentioned that, sorry about that. Uh, but he was really efficient on that final drive. He was much better. Uh, their defense is obviously really good. Uh, so there's that. As far as the other side, um, the defense uh, front from Cleveland, obviously, you know, they're, as I mentioned, they're good. Uh, the offensive line for Pittsburgh, while it seemingly had improved, that's past tense, not very good yesterday, but there were some plays that Pickett had plenty of time to throw and w- missed wide-open receivers for huge plays, two or three of them off the top of my head, in fact. Uh, and then uh, He's not good, and they got to figure out, I think that they should, they should move on from their quarterback, uh, but he was a first-round investment two years ago. And they're sometimes a little slow to, to make personnel decisions in Pittsburgh, but he sucks. He's not good. He's not an NFL quarterback, but then again, I'm not sure who is anymore because I think there's only about seven or eight guys in the NFL that I think are really good quarterbacks at the moment. Yeah, it, you know, just watching the that offense is just really, really painful, and it doesn't seem like it's yeah. getting any better. And then when you have a Mike Tomlin postgame response, uh, you know, he says here they have a really good defense. They make a lot of offenses look like that, coupled with their venue. We have to give them some credit. We knew their reputation in week two. Maybe the rest of the NFL didn't. It's kind of been confirmed in the weeks after that, and obviously they were really good today. Don't disagree with that. However, and I don't care who the coordinator is and what you know, candidate. That's that's an issue in itself. But he had a ample time to throw to wide open receivers a handful of times, and he didn't do it. And badly missed wide receivers. He missed Johnson one time. Uh, you know, running down the sidelines, he threw the ball 15 yards out of bounds. So there's no the ball should be going to the inside. He's throwing it 15 yards out of bounds. No pass rush. He was bad. Also, there was a you know I was listening or I was watching without sound, so I'm not really sure what the explanation was. But I could have swore Kenny Pickett uh, was sacked for a safety by Miles Garrett, but they ended up ruling yeah. him at the like I guess the one inch yard line, maybe the centimeter yard line. Yeah, I actually saw that play on the Red Zone channel. They you know, they go back and forth really quickly, so they didn't stay long enough to get an explanation. But I thought, I, when I first saw it, I thought it was a safety, and I didn't realize because I'm watching the Cardinals game. Uh, that must have been during a commercial, the Cardinals game at that time. But whatever, I, I just assumed that that was a safety, and I didn't realize for maybe 10 or 15 minutes later that it wasn't a safety. Uh, the other bit of news on the Brown side of things is that they signed quarterback Joe Flacco to the practice squad, and uh, doesn't so... matter. <laughs> we'll have it's to... just you know, it's just it's just a you know, procedural thing. I mean, he might be the backup because obviously, you know, they need a def- different backup for sure. Uh, but I mean, it, it, yeah, who cares? Sorry, but who cares if uh... he plays? The world's coming coming to an end in Cleveland if he's playing in a game. The Raiders and the Dolphins here. It was a 20-13 to 13 victory for the Dolphins. Jalen Ramsey with the game-sealing interception in the end zone. Aiden O'Connell was 24-41, of 41, 271 yards, one touchdown, three picks, two sacks. Josh Jacobs, 14 carries for 39 yards, 
For the Dolphins, though, Tua was 28 of 39, 325 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. And, I mean, it, it never gets old seeing how fast Tyree Hill is. Ten catches, 146 yards, and one touchdown, but something to certainly monitor for the Dolphins. Devon Achan, he returned, uh, but he didn't return for very long as he left again with a knee injury in his first game back. He said he could have come back in the game, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. Uh, the Dolphins are five and zero at home this year. You mentioned those numbers; they should have a lot more. They should have more points with those numbers, by the way, uh, but they didn't. Uh, and I said this on Friday, and I caught some criticism from this for a friend of mine who was listening to the show, uh, who I saw later on Friday. I think that Raiders defense has done a really good job. I think that Patrick Graham has done a really good job. And I wasn't basing that only on the fact that they shut down the Jets and the Giants. You know, they've had some good games this season against offenses that are good, and they had another one yesterday. The Bears and the Lions. Uh, the Bears absolutely blew this game. The Lions ended up winning 31-26. to For the first time ever, a team with a plus-three turnover margin and 40-minute plus time of possession <laughs> lost in regulation. Prior to this, it was 48-0, and and the Bears went on to lose this game. Justin Fields, 16 of 23, 169 yards, one touchdown, 18 carries for him, 104 yards. Meanwhile, Jared Goff was 23 of 35, 236 yards, two touchdowns, and three picks, and some of those were just really, really bad interceptions. I would say they all were. Um yeah, that kind of looked like the you know, get me out of Los Angeles or you know what got him out of Los Angeles interceptions. That was obviously really bad. Uh, a little more on the Lions on the positive side. They're eight and two for the first time since 1962. I was five years old the last time that they were eight and two. That's a really, really, really long time ago. Uh, they also obviously. Yeah, rallied from the deficit. They scored 17 points in the last two minutes and 58 seconds. And the Bears' play calling on offense had plenty to do with the fact that the the Lions were able to score 17 points in the last two minutes and 58 seconds. Chicago has now lost 12 straight games against division opponents. And it's not like they're playing the toughest division of all time. Uh, but uh, that's uh, the deal. And uh, they're really bad, and I would imagine they're going to have a massively different coaching staff, and I would assume a different quarterback after this year. Uh, I know that uh, you mentioned all those fields runs. He's never going to survive if you make him run that much. I mean, he's been injured every year he's played in college, at least at Ohio State when he was a starting quarterback. And every year he's been in the NFL, he's he's missed time in every one of those years because of injury. Also, speaking of injuries, Deontay Foreman, who's not a bad running back, uh, got injured for the Bears yesterday and did not return. And I guess it was fitting that the what ended up being the winning touchdown for the Lions was scored by David Montgomery. Absolutely. And uh, that was a prop bet suggestion I had last week. So, you know, didn't do the other couple gave uh, guys I suggested that didn't work out so well. So I'm going to make sure I mention this one because it worked out well, but it took like 59 minutes for it to work out. Yes. 
Uh, the Jaguars and the Titans here, uh, to, I, I, to me, no surprise that the Jaguars couldn't put up another stinker. The Titans have struggled mightily, and this is the result. Jaguars 34-14. to 14. Trevor Lawrence was 24 of 32, 262 yards, two touchdowns. Will Levis was 13 of 17, 158 yards and two touchdowns, but most of that came when everything was out of reach here. Derrick Henry, 10 carries for 38 yards, and now the Jaguars are sitting at 7 and three setting up to play the Texans Sunday who are six and four yeah even Trevor Lawrence had a good game yesterday two touchdowns uh, passing two touchdowns running if he had uh, been something more similar to this in uh, his career uh, the issue would not have come out uh, last week on NFL Network of whether they should uh, give him a, a be interested in his next uh, fifth year option in his contract but he's been not good and I think that was a legitimate topic of discussion. Surprising to me, but legitimate to at least bring it up, I guess. Uh, as far as uh, the Titans are concerned, they've now scored 20 points or fewer in every loss this year. And Mike Vrabel was actually asked about his job security at the end of the game. And unlike Brandon Staley, he actually answered the question with class. Well, let's get into that. The Chargers and the Packers. The Packers with a 23-20 victory here. Uh, the game did feature a lot of injuries, though, so we'll start there. Joey Bosa with a foot injury. He may be done for the season. Aaron Jones with a knee injury, but maybe not as serious for him. Yeah, that looked bad, so good for him. And he's unfortunately, remember he got hurt in the hand, hit, injured the hamstring in that first game, running for a touchdown against the Bears this season. And uh, just come back and uh, seemingly was healthier. I don't know if anybody in the NFL is ever 100%. But, you know, he looked better and looked more like Aaron Jones. And then that happened yesterday so bad. Obviously, the Chargers. Yet another loss leading in the fourth quarter. This, uh, and Brandy Staley was upset and showed no class. But we're used to that after press conferences when he's asked good questions he takes offense to them, refuses to answer them, combination thereof. And yesterday was the latest example. Sounded like, yeah, I actually saw the, I listened to the audio first. I heard the audio clip and then I watched it. Uh, he needs to, you know, almost, I thought he was going to challenge the reporter uh, that asked the really good question about the fourth quarter losses and they've blown a bunch of them in two years now. Uh, in the you know, three years, really, but especially the last couple of years, apparently, uh, according to the numbers. Uh, so there's that. But there was a lot more going on yesterday. Uh, yeah, Keenan Allen dropped two touchdown passes. He almost drops nothing. Austin Eckler fumbled inside the 20 when he had the, there was an exchange problem on that uh, handoff with Justin Herbert. Uh, Quentin Johnson, who people have been clamoring to see more of. Well, maybe this is why, because he had a chance to catch a, a touchdown, possible touchdown, on a deep ball in the last possession. And this is the Chargers being the Chargers. And why he is still the head coach, and I've been saying this for three years running, it's amazing to me. Actually, I think the question now is, why was he ever hired as the head coach? Yeah, that Quentin Johnson, uh, he had his, his defender beat and could have just waltzed right into the end zone, but uh, dropped that ball. So it was just, to your point, uh, yeah. the Chargers charging. And I am now 100% on your side of things that uh, the situation with Brandon Staley just is not going to work out as a head coach in L.A. 
I mean, if you're the players, what are you thinking about this? I mean, how how you know, do the players deserve some credit for the loss yesterday or blame? But you, know, you mentioned Quentin Johnson. I mean, he made a lot of great plays for TCU last year. A lot of them were yards after the catch against inferior defenders. But he wasn't a catch passing uh, uh, pass catching machine for TCU even last year. He dropped yeah you know, ample amount of passes last year, but they won those games, so nobody cared. Uh, we'll get into more NFL from week 11 on the other side of the break as we wrap up our number one of this Monday, November 20th edition of the Extra Point. More NFL discussion next. He is Bob Kemp. I am Kayla Mortolaro right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. Wrapping up hour number one of Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app continuing reactions from week 11 in the NFL. Let's go to the Bucks and the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers won 27 to 14. All eyes on Brock Purdy, 21 of 25, 333 yards, three touchdowns, four sacks. Uh, supposedly a perfect quarterback rating. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 21 carries, 78 yards, five catches, 25 yards, and he's back in the touchdown streak column <laughs> with one. George Kittle. He wasn't, he wasn't their worst player yesterday. That's what he said last week, right? He, was he, said, I, he said I suck or something like that. <laughs> Not yesterday. Uh, you know, this has certainly been something that has um, started to heat back up is the connection to George Kittle. Uh, eight catches for him, 89 yards and one touchdown. And then you flip this, though, to the defensive side of the ball. This could have some ramifications. Hafunga most likely tearing his oh, yeah. ACL. In fact, they confirmed that this morning that he did. He's been a really good player. I watched him at SC. We all watched him at SC and thought he'd be a good NFL player. Never imagined he'd be this good like two years into his NFL career. And this is a big loss for them because he's a really good defender, really good player, run and pass. The Seahawks and the Rams. The Rams top. One, one other quick thing about Tampa here. They lost to uh, Levante David to an injury yesterday, and that could be, you know, they've lost five out of six now, so I don't know if it's going to be that big a deal. But, yeah, he's a uh, arguably their best defender. The Rams top the Seahawks 17-16. to All eyes are going to be on Geno Smith's elbow injury. He was knocked out of the game before he ended up coming back in for the final drive for the Hawks. He put him into field goal position. Jason Myers misses the 55-yarder that would have won the game. Also something to pay attention to, Kenneth Walker with an oblique injury. Uh, it's a short week for the Hawks as they do play the 49ers on Thanksgiving. Crazy game, though, with penalties. Seahawks, 12 penalties, 130 yards. Rams, 9 penalties, 92 yards. That totals 222 penalty yards. Yeah, and I got stuck watching most of this game, and uh, it seemed like those yards were all justified. That was the most penalties for one team in an NFL game this year. Uh, So there's that. 
Uh, this was a strange, I didn't understand the circumstances of this. You know, Gino leaves. I guess Drew Locke was so awful that Gino's elbow got better. Is that how that worked? And he comes back in the last uh, seg- last uh, series of the game, puts it in position to have a chance, and then they ran the ball on third down and made the field goal more difficult. Didn't quite understand what was going on there. As far as Kenneth Walker, we'll see what's up with him. Well, probably that's a Thursday game. Uh, we don't get, you know, I don't think, uh, 100% accurate information from Pete Carroll if it's a Sunday game. So I'm guessing we're going to have no idea if he's playing Thursday unless he's ruled out, unless it's a catastrophic injury. He does have a lat strain is what they said. And usually those things don't, you know, if you're a baseball fan, those things are like a month. So we'll see what it's like for a football player. The and Bron- Cooper Cup also getting hurt yesterday is a big deal. Obviously, calf injury, and he didn't come back. The Broncos 21, Vikings 20. The Vikings five-game win streak snapped. Uh, the Broncos find themselves back to 500, though, at 5-5. Five and five. Joshua Dobbs, 20 of 32, 221 yards, one touchdown, one interception, one lost fumble, and a terrible Kareem Jackson spearing play once again. Russell Wilson, though, with a dime to Cortland Sutton for the go-ahead touchdown. Sutton, four catches, 66 yards, and that touchdown. Dobbs should have thrown like four or five interceptions. It was unbelievable how many balls were dropped by defender uh, Denver defenders. Sutton's having a tremendous season. You know, we expected this like three years ago when he first came out of uh, SMU. He's been a uh, underachieving NFL player, but yeah, he's basically bailed their butts out the last two games with spectacular catches. And we'll get into hour number two on the other side of the break. Your phone calls in hour number two around 1215, 602, 260, 1060 is the number. It is the extra point.